Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys. Brought to you by Grand X Media. I'm Ross Bolin here in the Grand X Media studios with Veronica Ruck. What's up? And Barrett Dudley. Hello to all. To one and all. To one, to all. To the whole clam fam. The whole fucking realm. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles and on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. You can like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Uh, this is obviously our hotline episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, We're going to mm-hmm. play calls from our hotline. Some people are saying it's the best episode. Many people are saying that. Many, most people say that. That they like our, this episode best? The hotline call episode? I don't know. Or I just say this, that. this one episode I, right here. People are saying this one is the best. I am predicting already that people are going to say Veronica has been this green is our best seeing. episode. Okay, She's okay. been green seeing. All right. <laughs> and people have been saying this is the best episode we've ever done. I gotcha. I gotcha. Our hotline number is 866-43-CLAMS. If I'm not mistaken, that is correct. Yes? Yes. Uh, that's the number. If you want to use it next week, it's obviously too late now. It is too late now. Because we're already here. We're here right now. Please leave us a review on iTunes. A that's good all, one. That's all I'm going to say about that. Five stars. Write us a little something, something. Read some other reviews if you want to get an idea of what the kind of things you're supposed to say. Don't read the one-star ones. Ignore those haters and yeah, those doubters. the haters. You can support this podcast by checking out Man Outfitters at manoutfitters.com. Download the Man Outfitters iOS app in the App Store for a flawless shopping experience. Uh, Man Outfitters is a big part of what we do here at Grand X. We curate the best menswear and accessories from the best brands to make your shopping experience easier. It, it's super user-friendly. If you need some incentive to check it out, you can use the code DRAGON at checkout to get 10% off your next order. All you have to do is type in DRAGON at checkout. Is nobody gonna whisper dragon? Is it, we just dragon, dragon. we just blowing it. Dragon. The, most, the, the thing people like it. the most about this show there there are a lot of people who listen just for this whisper. Mike is over there. He's probably looking at the Tiger Woods dick pics or something. Unbelievable. You know, he's just blowing it. Dragon. Dragon. Get you ten percent off your order at manoutfitters.com. We got brand new stuff from Mizzen and Maine Outdoor Voices. Uh, Mizzen and Maine make shirts with performance fabrics that allow them to breathe, stretch, and wick away moisture. Stance socks. A lot of stance socks. Love in there. stance socks. Oh yeah. Good socks. Outdoor Voices, extremely comfortable wearing some of their shorts right now. Um, again, use the code DRAGON. Get 10% off your whole order. DRAGON. DRAGON. Manoutfitters.com. DRAGON. All right, let's get into these hotline calls. we got a lot to discuss, mostly pertaining to this previous Sunday's episode, Beyond the Wall, and the upcoming Sunday's episode, which is the title of which has been released. Are you aware of this? Have you heard this? Have you seen this? I'm aware. I have, yeah. yes. Do you know what it is? I do. Tell us. It is uh, The Dragon and the Wolf. That is correct. Also, Woo. the runtime has been released, and it's like... 80 minutes. Yeah. It, well, I think the actual episode is like 73, 40 or something. Okay. Anyway, longest episode of Game of Thrones ever to look forward to. They need it. They need They need, They need. need some time on this They one. need it like we needed we this need rain. We need a lot of time. Do yeah. we need this range? We, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, let's play the first <laughs> yeah. call. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Brother Howard Tang. This deal is that I just listened to the podcast and you guys are saying that they don't have any dragon glass weapons, but if you look at it and watch it again, you can tell that um, what's his face, um, the ginger, has a battle axe that's made out of dragon glass. 
the hound that ditches his hammer and pulls out two daggers that are dragon glass. And I'm pretty sure everyone at one point is fighting with dragon glass besides John, except for Valerius still a hammer. And so I think you, uh, I think you need to rewatch that part. You know what I'm saying? There, bye. Okay. Yeah, I like to get in the first call. To I like I like to make it a where we where we where were we wrong. fucked up. Yes, yeah. and yeah. we were wrong. But I want to say something about well, this. Well, we were sort of wrong. Right. Well, we said Jorah was the only one who brought Dragon Glass. Okay. Well, we he's gave the, him oh, credit. He, he's they're getting attacked by a monster dead polar bear, and he's the only one that thinks to hit this thing with Dragon Glass. Here's the thing. If you go rewatch it, yes, they all have dragon glass the, weapons. At, in the end, yes, they're all when they're on the rock. Yes, they're, they all yes. have dragon glass weapons. Right. Even right. some of the uh, what do we call them? Sled shirts. Sled shirts. The sled yeah. shirts. Yeah. They have dragon glass too. Here, but my my problem with this, and and we got probably forty calls about this subject telling us that they had dragon glass weapons. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I know, I get it. Our bad, but they didn't really draw much attention to it. And they didn't make it very obvious. And I'm not saying that that's something that I necessarily need, but mm-hmm. the fact that none of the three of us noticed that they all had dragonglass weapons mm-hmm. makes me feel like it's not our fault. Well, and I agree, because, okay, they're supposed to, like, explode once they're, or, you know, shatter into dust. That's just white walkers, not whites. Why don't they explode with dragonglass? No. They don't explode. White no, but, walkers okay, whenever, explode. um, what's his face? Oh, we don't know his name. The walker. Got hit Nin- with a dragon glass. Those other ones oh, also right. like disintegrated around him, or their bones collapsed. They right. were so. Wh- I think that should have been the same shit. Mm, mm. Yeah, I don't know. There's some technicalities to be had there, but we did see in the previous episode Jora load a crate of dragon glass into that boat, which was lost on me. That per- yeah, perhaps lost on you too as well. Yes, but mentioned yeah. repeatedly on our hotline, so okay. I thought I would point that out. Okay. All in all, point being, everybody does have dragon glass. They're utilizing it at least partially. Yep. Now, some of the dragon glass weapons they have, if you go back and watch, are a little shoddy. This is, they haven't quite mastered it yet. They might need Gendry to get on his mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. blacksmith table and, and make some better stuff. Aye. Next call. Well, real quick, I also, uh, real quick. just while we're uh, making mea culpas, um, I also was pronouncing it do ex machina. I like your way better. I think it sounds cooler. It's Deus. Deus. It's Deus. Deus ex machina. Yeah. I blame the pop. I've said this on Twitter. I'm blaming the pronounce. I'm. We're from uh, Ross and I are originally from Houston. There's a lot of Cajun influence. We see a lot of E A U X, and that's an O. That's a, that's pronounced O, like in the right. as in uh, I'm gonna work my way up to manager at Papado and rob the hoe. Um. So. <laughs> Thanks for working that in there. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 that, why. Yeah, that's why I was saying that wrong, and I apologize. So how how is it cr- correctly pronounced? Deus. See, that just makes it sound like something from it's a Catholic. Deus. 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 Whatever. If you're gonna go real Latin with mm-hmm. your with it, yeah. I'm I'm gonna blame. <laughs> I don't know. Do you uh, also do you also call it a burrito? No. Like it does. Okay. Well, so I'm gonna blame. But I do that with Italian words, mm-hmm. that, like New Orleans and LSU. Or what I'm going to blame. Yeah. Because yeah. LSU does Go Tigers, G-E-A-U-X. Right, right. And it's got the X, which I guess changes the thing, but it's still, you know, yeah, looks the same to me. Yeah. All right, next call. Yeah. What's good, guys? It's DJ calling from the University of Virginia. Go Hoos. Just joined Selfish Nation this year. Uh, I was thinking of uh, watching the episode, and I was being, I was torqued the whole time because, like, I couldn't help but think that uh, Bran had to be the Night King. I mean, the whole fight was the biggest setup in the history of traps on the show. 
it just seemed way too convenient that a lone walker was just chilling with six whites separated from the whole group. And after they catch one, the Night King just decided to chill instead of sending his whole squad at them at the same time. Uh, third, if the Night King had a, such a fucking cannon, why wouldn't he chuck ice cubes at them from the very beginning instead of just chilling on top of a hill? Uh, my theory is that the Night King knew John would try to capture White and knew if he trapped him, Danny would try to send her dragons to save them. Uh, if this happened, then obviously he could fucking kill a dragon and turn him. So that's the main reason why the walkers were just fucking taking so long to get to the wall. They weren't just chilling. They were, like, waiting to get a dragon. Um, and, you know, how would fucking the Night King know all this shit? It's because he has some kind of three raven powers, so he would have to be Bran. Uh, let me know what you guys think. All right, bye-bye. So there's a lot to a lot to think about and talk that about That was a here. lot to unpack. That was a very quick call with a lot of information in there. First, so. Just like these episodes, huh? One, one thing that got mentioned a lot in a lot of other calls regarding the same topic is uh, the fact that when Bran wargs into all those ravens and goes to see what's going on beyond the wall and finds out that these guys are getting closer to Eastwatch, the spot that he sees the White Walkers and their army at is the one that John and his and this this the screwed up clique get stranded on, waiting for Danny to rescue them. So, what a lot of people are theorizing is that they had scouted out this location basically, knew this was a good spot to set a trap, mm-hmm. and that this whole thing is kind of part of the Night King's plan. It definitely, we've we've touched on it a little bit. The whole brand is the Night King thing, and it's way too complex to like actually be able to explain at this point. I don't know how they could possibly explain it on the show. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do think there's a ton of evidence to support the fact that the Night King knows a lot more than, than we've probably given him credit for, isn't in a hurry, and there's a reason he does things the way that he does them. Mm-hmm. And I think we will get some explanation for that. Otherwise, there are a lot of holes in the fact, like... Why he took Viserion out instead of Drogon. Things like that. Like, it, why didn't he just chunk mm-hmm. ice spears at the boys when they're on the rock? Like, it just seems there's too many things that have happened. I, I'm all in on the Night King's brand. You're he, all in? Yeah, and that he knows a lot more than we I think. I definitely think he knows a lot. But I've never... There was never a time I didn't think he knew more than... A normal person, but I didn't know. I guess why I thought that was. Well, I guess he it's just always the, seems. Yeah, his decision making lately though is like. Yeah. If he doesn't know more shit, then it's just ridiculous. I think he does too. Well, I, I mean, I think there's that there's a lot of evidence that does point to Bran being the Night King, but I don't. I still don't think that that necessarily explains all of the little, uh, kind of inexplicable decisions that he made in this episode. I think those were a result of poor storytelling on the part of D&D this week and and not really relative to the relation between Bran and the Night King. Perhaps. Um, but I, well, here's what I'll encourage you to do. Like Ross said, this is a, a theory that winds very far down into the depths of Westeros lore basically so it's insane yeah go if you want to go online and read just look up like the connection between the children of the forest and the white walker and the white walkers and and you'll you can read a lot about that background of how like the children of the forest originally created the white walkers uh to protect themselves from the first men but then the first men and the children of the forest like made a pact but then the andals came over and there were all there were thousands of years of fighting and there's not really an explanation for like for why the white for for why the white walkers eventually like turned on the children of the forest but they did and 
that it, what it basically boils down to is that Bran would have gone back in time to when they made the original White Walker, warged into him to try to convince the children of the forest not to do it, and then like had his conscience stuck in the Night King, basically. And they're kind of on this like weird loop. And then there's like that raises like a thousand more questions that aren't really answerable, and and I'm not going to try to to dive into those. But uh, yeah, I just that's the brief kind of. If nothing else, the it seems like the decisions that are being made by the Night King, whether they're the result of bad storytelling or not, in some way, shape, or form, will end up being a nod to book readers for the books that come out in the future. Because I think the books will get a lot more into this than the show has. Because they don't have time to fully they really, explain. Yeah, all I mean, these they theories. really don't. Like, you know, we we've we've talked about how like next season we could really use an episode that's basically just like nothing but a flashback yeah. to like right. all that, and. I, I honestly don't know how they're going to work this portion of the story into the the grander, you know, finale. I can't if they believe, don't do that. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't gotten a flashback this whole season. It's pretty clear that Bran is going to serve a much larger purpose. He has to. He, otherwise, that, what has his purpose been the entire fucking time? And everybody's getting in like i mean there's a lot of theories about how he might have even had an effect on this particular episode and we can get into that a little bit later but it i i i don't know i don't know how they're gonna let this connect all these dots and make me not hate little things that i hate right now Mm -hmm. as much as i do yeah next call hey uh occ uh this is sergil's sergil's uh cousin Derek, and uh i want to know how in the fuck did the Night King get a goddamn mile and a half of toe chain for a frozen dragon? Uh, do they have AAA north of the wall? What do y'all think? Let me know. People are furious about the fact the that chains. out of nowhere, <laughs> the the Night King and his White Walkers and the Whites have these four chains that are... Uh, like where'd they come from? Where'd they get them? Some people are suggesting maybe they came from Hard Home, from the Wildling Camp. Did they just bring them with them all the time? Are they going to be involved in somehow bringing down the wall? We we all have too much time on our hands. Uh, I want to thank Sturgill's cousin Derek for calling in, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that what he said? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How the fuck is she <laughs> hanging on to that dragon? <laughs> I don't. I don't. There's more than any episode we've ever done. We got calls, I mean, out of the hundreds of calls we got, I'd say 60, 70% of them were complaints about semantics yes. from this episode. So, it, there was a lot to complain about, though. This is, there was. And, and this is, this type of thing is very typical of like your usual TV show, your run of the mill, like action adventure movie. You know, when, when uh, Indiana Jones and the hidden temple of the crystal dragon skull or whatever that last one was called. Like, you know, like when that shit comes out, you expect stuff like this. Like you expect to go in, suspend your disbelief. There's going to be a a, a lot of like things that don't really make, weren't there aliens in that one? Yes. That don't make any narrative sense. And you're going to have a lot of, of these type of questions. And it's not really like, it's not a, uh, constructive thing to, to, to harp on and worry about. Right. But the thing is, Game of Thrones has never done this before. Exactly. Ever. And that's why it's Ever. frustrating. We would have been, if we were used to suspending our disbelief on 
all this shit. This is the first time. There was an interview I saw. I didn't read the whole thing. I just saw a, a clip tweeted of it um, or like an excerpt tweeted of it on Twitter that the director of this episode was basically like, yeah, I saw a lot of complaints about this stuff, but you know, we have a big audience. So his whole, his vibe was like, I think Joe tweeted this. He was trying to justify it. Yeah. He's basically like, well, people are going to watch it anyway. So, oh, well, is what he basically said. There have also been countless man hours spent by way too many people researching the, the specifics of how the whole Gendry running, <laughs> Raven flying, Danny dragon riding mm-hmm. over to like, and whether or not it would work. And I think the the an average that I would say I've saw out of all the it, like three point two days is the amount of time that people okay. were coming up with. Um, how the fuck? How in the fuck do people come up with that? I don't know. How much time? Like can, we don't know. You can Google it. There's <laughs> there's people spending a lot of time on that shit anyway point is yeah no this is not something we're used to we're not used to at, at no point in the history of this show did things stack up enough where there were enough things like this that yeah. got annoying yeah there might have been one or two here or there sure. where you're like Maybe. wait what but i mean it I, I start to feel bad like guilty like why am i noticing all these things like why am i complaining mm-hmm. i should just be enjoying this but really no man it's 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 gotten a little ridiculous it, yeah yeah and and i'm Look, the rest of this episode is might be picking these nits. So real quick, I do want to say one good thing. If you have not gone onto HBO Go and looked up the extras on this episode, you need to go watch the anatomy of the episode for this one. It's like 12 minutes long. It's how it, they made it. And it's how they made this episode. And it is absolutely phenomenal. Like the amount of work and time and know-how that went into creating this particular episode. And it's like, you know, the one thing that you can definitely say about this show is that they, I mean, they're just, they're the absolute best at what they do. That nobody else can put on, could put on a scene of that scale. Right. I, I mean, yeah, like, I mo- think- movies aren't even doing it. Like it's, it, it's just, it's just absolutely insane the amount of work that, they, that went into it. So go, go watch the anatomy of the, of the, of the scene for, from this past week. I will say I, I. I never doubt or like get upset by the quality of the end product. I try not to let the little things like weigh that down. But that, yeah. I hope that they will learn from this season. I don't know what how deep into the creation of next season they are, but they could certainly use a little bit more um I guess attentiveness to the storytelling and the story in the in the plot. Mhm. Like I think they might have worried a little bit too much about all the production stuff this season and let some of the plot shit slip. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the chains? (laughs) The giant chains. No. No. Next call. (laughs) Hey, guys. This is Taylor from South Carolina. Um, Wanted to make a point uh, about something you guys were talking about on Monday's show um, about the total number of White Walkers. Um, back in season three, they talk about uh, when Commander Mormont is talking to Craster, he says he has had 99 sons, which would make baby Sam his 100th. So there's at least, uh, you know, 99 babies that have been sacrificed to be White Walkers. Uh, on top of that, 
he also uh, actually Dilly mentioned that uh, some of the girls came down with grayscale, and Craster would let them uh, basically he would isolate them until they turned, and then he would sacrifice them to the White Walkers. So maybe there are some female White Walkers. Who knows? Um, let me know what you guys think. Uh, enjoy the show. Thanks. So we talked a little bit on a little bit on Monday about um, the size of the White Walker nation, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think I guessed like that. There's like 30 of them. Or yeah. Something. Uh, well, at least 99. I we don't but know. Some how of those m- might be babies. Well, I feel some like of them are probably toddlers. John's growing up. At least up. like four at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or three. We have Sam, some young Sam's walkers. Taking one out, but yeah. The point is, there's there's a lot. One of the questions I have still, and I. I'm interested to hear what you guys had to say. Like, we saw how the Night King turned Viserion at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. He basically placed his hands on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he laid hands. He laid hands. So if he can do that <laughs> with a dragon, I, I presume he can do that with a People. human. Yeah. Uh, he did, he so has done that. He, why wouldn't he have turned women at some point? Right. You know, I feel like you want some female companionship. Maybe that's th- not I his would thing. think so. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's a dude guy, you know? But yeah. Or maybe he's like a robot guy. And has no urges. Perhaps. Perhaps. It's it's a possibility. I don't think that's the case. I think he's got feelings. You think he wants to like go home and have some ice splooge released? Well, we need I more didn't say that. <laughs> before you, you guys derail any further. Uh, we need more story on this. I've talked about this before about how like I don't care all that much about the Night King because he's not Because he's not a character, he's like a robot. He d- he doesn't mean much to me, right? And like, like Barrick said, like, death is always the enemy, and we always lose, but we still have to fight it. It's it's just, eh, that's not really enough for me. Yeah, like a big right. gang of grim reapers is basically coming. Like, okay, it's, yeah, it's not it's not. I need more development there. Like, they need yeah, to take motive. some time. Th- th- and this is one of the reasons why I need. Well, I think the Cersei storyline needs to end because she's our bet. She's the best villain right now, and they're right. never going to be able to develop the Night King as a, as a as a true villain that we care about and are scared of if they if we're still dealing with her. I agree with that. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Next call. What's up, OCC? This is Constantine from Atlanta. I have two things I want to uh, two questions I want to ask. First of all, how is it that everybody in the screwed up clique? automatically determines that Gendry is the fastest one. <laughs> I mean, did Jon Snow have these motherfuckers running 40s before they went north of the wall? I don't get it. They all seem to be on board, and they just went with Gendry. Whatever. Second, um, did anybody notice the way that Jorah said when he, he told Jon to have long claw, they should keep him? You know, give this to your kids. He looked at him kind of like, I, I interpreted it as, you know, I'm bowing out, Danny's yours, go impregnate her, and then give this give this long claw to your children. I don't know. Am I the only one? I don't know. What do you all think? All right. Bye. It's crazy. I mean, we got so many calls about the whole, like, wait, why do they all decide Gendry is just the fastest? Like, how'd they know? <laughs> this, they just met this guy. Like, I think... It, Two ways you can look at it. Either A, yes, John had them running 40s and they were training at some point, and maybe he just, or, or B, uh, John just was like, well, this is the most disposable human here. I, I mean, smallest, youngest. He yeah. was the fastest by default. 
to me. I think so too, yeah. Is he younger than John? Okay, but they're not going to send John. Right. Right. Okay. They're John's right about the right but they're right about the same age and right. John is the leader so he can't go. Yeah, yeah. And everybody else is old and huge. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. You're not going <laughs> to send Tormund, you're not going to send the Hound, you're not going to send old ass fucking Thoros. Thoros. Yeah. He's shit faced. Beric only has one eye, has no depth perception. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he can't go. <laughs> he can't go. Uh in terms of his second portion of his call Jorah giving John permission to impregnate Danny as he put it. Uh, I do think there was something to, there was some symbolism beyond the fact that we are, again, like rehashing the fact that Jorah is a scorned Mormont, because we already knew that. Mm-hmm. Right. We've hit it again and again and again on this show and throughout the story. I do think there was more to it, and I hadn't considered that until I started listening to some of the calls that came in, but it felt like in some way it was Jorah's acknowledgement to John, like that that his... Destiny might be bigger. Like John's that destiny Joris? might be bigger oh, than Jorah's. Yeah, I think that's probably, but I think that's as far as it right. went. I don't necessarily think that he was like, "Hey, I get that we're both kind of digging the same shit." Yeah, Def- I don't, no I'm way. Not buying, I'm not buying that. Part but I, yeah. I do think it was an acknowledgement from Jorah, like, "You need this more mm-hmm. than I yeah. do. You're going to use it more than I would." Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, next call. What's up, Clam Fam? Uh, it's Eddie from London, UK here. Long time, first time. Uh, I'm going to jump in a little bit here in defense of the whole uh, Uncle Benjamin riding in out of nowhere, Deus Ex Machina plot device thing. Because what I'm happening is I'm kind of hoping Bran, rather than just being a shitty person, has actually been doing something with his off-screen time and has sorted out all that you know, three-eyed raven stuff he's got going on. Because when Benjamin saved Bran and Mira, I think he said the three-eyed raven sent him. So maybe Bran somehow managed to do the same thing and Uncle Benjamin only turned up when he did because it took him that long to ride from wherever he was to doing all that sort of half zombie free time thing he's got going on. Anyway, just a thought. Let me know what you guys think. Loads of love from across the pond. Bye. Shout out to the UK. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Global. Um so the question is this does Brand what has he been doing with his off-screen time? I guess is what I want to get into conversation-wise. Like, there's a couple different areas that he could have had massive effect. One is within Arya and Sansa's current storyline. Like, maybe Bran has been doing more and communicating with them more than we're aware of and giving them more information than we're aware of. And the other one is with uh, everything that the caller just referenced. So, to me, this is where this upcoming Sunday comes into play big time and why I say... There's a lot riding on this episode. I need to see Bran and his effect on this what's this season, mm-hmm. this Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know if that'll how exactly that plays out, but he has to have been doing more for his character to make any sense. Right. Because why would he have come back or come back at the time he came back? He should have just still been out there mm-hmm. finding himself. He literally hasn't done anything this well, he whole get, season. He, he, they spent Honestly, he has barely done anything this whole series, to be honest. Like, he... he Well, some big plot points, though. He started the whole thing, pretty much. And yeah, then he became a, a three-eyed he's raven. He's part of a lot. But... Yes, but, not, like... He's not on screen. He hasn't been on screen a ton at all. He hasn't... He's part of the big picture and we see that, but he hasn't actually done anything to like move the plot forward since season one. 
Well, I don't know if I agree with that, but why? What is that? What else has he done besides be, like he became the three-eyed Raven, but he hasn't it's a pretty interacted. Big deal. Yeah, but is it yet? We haven't fucking. That's what I'm know. saying. I think we're going to see more from. I mean, th- why would they set him up the first couple episodes of this season as this more robotic, more developed three-eyed Raven that's trying to hone in on his ability to warg and see things better and and communicating with his sisters and all this shit? If it's not going to pay off in the end of the season, by the end of the season, that's that's my question. Is like. There just has to be more there. That's that's all. Thoughts, prayers, <laughs> T's, nope. and, T's and P's. Next call. What's up, Mollusk Militia? Shout out Barrett. Um, this is Reed from uh, Michigan. I uh, just calling in because a couple of you named the Night King as your dumbass of the week last uh, week for this episode, and uh, I'm just here to talk about the fact that maybe. He missed Drogon with that spear on purpose. We know from season one, episode one, and um, the season finale of uh, season two, that the White Walkers like to leave people alive every so often, like Will the Deserter from the Night's Watch and Sam when he was uh, trapped at the Fist of First Men and was like, you know, with that huge army of White Walkers. So my point is maybe the Night King left them alive for whatever reason, uh, maybe he wants them to be allowed to spread the word. I don't know. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Thank the you Sam at the Fist of the First Men thing is debatable. There are a lot of people who say they didn't know he was there. Because mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's that mm-hmm. cool scene where Sam's like hidden yep. behind that yep. rock, and they are like they like march by. Yeah. yeah, and it looks like the White Walker looks directly over at him, but we yeah. don't know what he's looking at. Right. Uh, people have made the argument that he didn't actually look at him. They they would he would have killed him anyway. I like his point about. It feeds back into what we touched on earlier, that the, the, the Night King knows more than we're giving him credit for, that he probably has some bigger plan in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, why leave that kid al- alive at the end of the se- or in season one, episode one, to mm-hmm. go be executed by Ned Stark? He's the one that starts the flow of information of, like, these guys are back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right, right. So they clearly do strategize. It's not just straight-up bloodlust and domination. Uh, yeah, I guess my question would be, and I mean, I don't, I, I'm not throwing out that theory that he like kind of let them get back to safety, but why throw another spear at all then? Maybe to, to keep prove them, that they can to keep them thinking that on their uh, toes, just yeah. like to keep them from realizing that he's letting his plan play out. Maybe okay, I don't know. That's the only argument I could make. You know what I mean? Like if he yeah. doesn't throw another spear, then when they get back, aren't they wondering why didn't he throw why another spear? I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's all I've got. Then they would know that he would know that they knew exactly. that they would be thinking, and then they'd be he would be thinking that he knew like, that they <laughs> knew that they that they knew. So they yeah yeah. <laughs> Next call. Hey, Clamily. This is Stephanie from Wisconsin. I'm just wondering what you guys think about the dragon being white now. Will he still have fire because he's a white dragon? Um, and that goes against the fire and ice kind of thing. Just wondering what you guys are thinking. Thanks, guys. Bye. Clamily. Love it. <laughs> Clamily. That's new. Um, we need to make a decision on this because so many people are asking this question. And I'm going to bring in another question that so many people have asked us as well, as if we would know the answer. Like, when are John and Danny going to bang? Mm-hmm. Probably 40 plus phone calls asking that question like we wrote the books or we wrote the story <laughs> or we're somehow in charge and we know. <laughs> I, I do not know. If I'm going to make my prediction on both and then you guys can do yours, uh, 
I, I do think that we're looking at a Mr. Freeze ray gun type of situation with the ice dragon that it, you it breathes not necessarily ice but frozen air like, like it freezes frozen anything it breathes fire, it's shit. but it's like I, that's sort of what i'm picturing like a blue fiery like fire consistency but it's cold and freezes right. you yes that's what i'm picturing that's what that's what i think we're getting um and then but I think, like the same material as. Fire. But did she say she thinks the dragon it's is going to be turn white? No, she w i g h t. It's a white dragon. W i g h t. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it might turn no, no, white though I don't or think it's blue. Change colors. I, I don't know. people know. do. What are you saying? No, it's know. not a white walker. It's dead. It's a zombie dragon. It's a zombie. Okay. Dragon. It's a white. Yeah. But his eyes changed. Yeah, it's, they all do. Oh right, but they just don't all. They're regular dead. Okay. Yes. Got it. Um, and then I think John and Danny's romance progresses to physical, physical expression Mm -hmm. on Sunday. You think so? I do. I think it's got to happen before they find out that they're related. It'd be like one of those like terrible like a Luke stories that we have. That's no. I don't know about that. I don't know. (laughs) I don't. I still don't know how the relation thing is going to play out. I just think that they, at the very least, get a good makeout in this week. Mm. That's all I I'm hope saying. so. I'm ready for it. Well, uh, so I actually heard, uh, you know, in my in my various reading and listening over the course of the week, that somebody that doesn't think that the dead dragon will breathe anything. Why? What would its purpose be then? Its purpose would be to fly the Night King over the wall. Okay. Oh. I'm. I think it's gonna breathe some shit. Because what he just goes one deep across over the wall. Well, he, then him going over the wall would allow the wall to come down or something or break the magic. Uh, that just gets a little. I mean, it's like at that point you could argue that they could build a catapult to like send him over the wall or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that would break the magic. Uh, yeah, but you're not gonna fl- fling the Night King over the wall like that. That's pretty funny. He's my not, question. He's, you'd break his legs on the way down. <laughs> True. My question is if fire is then going to be able to kill that dragon. Because fire can kill it sh- it's still, all the white. Dragon fire should still be able to kill that dragon, yes. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. yeah I just, but I, his like, skin's not like flame retardant? I, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to the dragon on dragon, I guess. But it, I'm getting like a lot of like the whole Mr. Freeze ray gun vibe is is like hard to overlook and then i'm just i'm like picturing like a like a harry potter voldemort situation where like they're two you know the the shit that's coming out of their wands like meets in the middle and like creates this massive orb of uh you know magnetism or whatever pushes like back and yeah like is the fire and the ice gonna like meet (laughs) between the two dragons and then just like i'm kind of picturing that too yeah i I don't know if i'm will that just be hokey though yes but yeah Yeah. so cheesy that that cannot happen i I don't think that can happen either (laughs) please no i just keep i I keep picturing it you can't have the books be called the song of fire and ice Ice and fire, and then have an ice dragon and a regular dragon breathing flames into each other's flames that are like going. No, we can't do that. Yeah. Sorry. Was there anything else he addressed that we need to touch on? No. Mm -mm. All right. Next call. Hey, cocklers. It's Nate from Portland, Oregon. I've got two questions. First question is why doesn't Danny put armor on the dragons, especially after this little thing in the last episode? You would think she learned her lesson, but you never know. It's Game of Thrones. Second question. In the first episode of uh, Season 7, you see the Army of the Dead, and you see a lot of giants. 
And so I was just wondering if this was just half of the whites and they still have a bunch of giants just waiting to attack Westeros and now they have a dragon. That's absolutely horrifying. Love to hear what you guys think. I, at this point, think we have to let the why doesn't she put armor on the dragons go. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't I don't know. I, we would have seen it already. She's been through multiple situations where she would have had to realize, like, you know what? Maybe I should armor these bad boys. Uh, th- I mean, okay. How much armor would you need? So much armor. This goes, th- this goes back to couple of, uh, this, a couple of things here. One, the dragons aren't supposed to need armor. Right. Their scaly skin is essentially impenetrable. Right. And we saw that even when Drogon got rocked by the scorpion, it didn't do much. It didn't do much. Right. Like it he had to him. like he had to land for a second, but he was he he was fine. It annoyed him for 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 1 minute. Right. So they they're they're supposed to be pretty impenetrable already. And then the second thing is that this was just I, I, chances are that White Walker spear would have just gone through armor as well because right. we, we know that those things are super super powerful there's I some think level we, we, of magic yeah to exactly and we talked last episode about how like you know when we first saw those like those ice swords i mean they were just shattering other people's swords right, right. and then john was surprised when the valerian steel sword held up like held up to it so and valerian steel also has like some element of magic, magic to it right. you know so i i think that I think even with armor, which it which shouldn't have needed in the first place, that that ice spear was piercing that dragon no matter what, pretty much. We saw what regular arrows did to a dragon. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Right. Uh, they bounce off, literally. Yeah. And then we saw, like you said, what the scorpion did. Not much. So, yeah, I don't know that... What is? What are you armoring it from? That that you're not going to be able to develop... I don't, I don't know. We got calls about people wondering why they don't make armor out of dragon glass. Like... <laughs> I just don't. There's too much. Yeah. Where the giants are, um, and whether or not that was the entire White Walker White Force, we saw in the episode one of this season, I believe the that that the White Walkers have at least three giants in their army, mm-hmm. right. three mobile white giants, and they were not in this this episode. Obviously, they were not in Beyond the Wall. So I this mean, their was, army's got to be bigger than yeah. This that. wasn't this wasn't their whole force. Theoretically, their army is everyone who has ever died beyond the wall and not, and not burned. burned. Yeah. yeah, tens of thousands, tens and tens of thousands. Yeah. So this is not their whole force. If anything, this was like, you know, a regiment or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But they've got giants. We're gonna see them at some point. I assume the giants will play a role in. Attempting to bring down the wall. Does any do, do we think that the wall is going to come down? Still, is that a thing? What? Because that's been a thing for the past six years. I don't know. I don't okay. know. I don't see the wall coming it down. To be honest, to me, it doesn't. It doesn't really make a difference. How but I guess maybe it's it just will. that they get past, and they're going to get past it. But and the I whole don't... thing has been that they have to bring down the wall. But I, th- I mean, I, I feel like yeah. they could bring down the magic so. in the wall, or. You know, we've also talked about that brand pass through, so now they can pass through and the magic. That possibility, yeah. Yeah, so. I don't know. I'm whether just, it comes down, I don't know. Either way, we're going to see giant whites doing 
badass stuff. Yeah. I do know that at some point. We don't have any regular giants, mm-hmm. just white giants. And yep. they wouldn't have shown them marching in formation like that unless we were going to see them again. So, yeah. Next call. Hey, it's Katie from Florida. Thanks for making my commute much more tolerable. Um, I think I know what's going on with Santa and Brianne, so just calling to chime in. Um, so basically, obviously, Littlefinger is a schemer. He does not have just one iron in the fire. Um, he's obviously trying to put a wedge between Santa and Arya, but I think also he's trying to put a wedge between Brienne and Santa because um, he knows that Santa is protected by Brienne, and Brienne is basically uh, protecting Santa from not only any imminent threat, but also she does not trust Littlefinger further than she can throw him. And so he's uh, basically trying to get Brienne out of the picture. I think he can do his thing. Um, and I think he's basically just preying off of the sort of jealousy that he saw, which I think is what we saw when Arya and Brienne were fighting. Um, I think that basically uh, Santa just thinks that um, Brienne basically likes Arya better, has more in common with her. And so I think that he's basically saying, oh, she'll protect you. She'll protect both of you. That's what she swore to your mother. But he's preying off of Santa's. Um, basically just her insecurity that uh, Arya and Brienne are buddy-buddy and she's on the out. So that's what I think. Thanks, guys. So I didn't pick up on this during my watch. And you know how we questioned on Monday, like, why did Sansa immediately send Brienne Brienne away? away, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what our caller connected for us is that when Sansa's looking down on Arya and Brienne sparring... That she that her frustration there, aside from recognizing that her sister is a dangerous badass, is this connection between these two badass women fighters. So when Littlefinger then points out to Sansa that maybe Brienne could help, he gets Sansa to think about the fact that Brienne is gonna identify way more with Arya than her. And perhaps take her side over Sansa's. Okay. So then that's why she sends Brienne away, because she sees her as a plausible problem for herself. I don't I don't see Brienne doing something like that, though. I don't see her choosing sides. She's still an adult, and these are two little girls. Right. No, it's not about what she would do or not do, though. It's about Littlefinger painting that doubt in Sansa's mind and and putting Brienne on the Arya side in the in the cons column, basically. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Good feedback. Um, <laughs> this, this is this. I, I mean, just like having to think about this type of stuff. I think this part of the storyline, this little arc right here, is my is my least favorite. Sansa Arya. Yeah, Sansa Arya, the little finger, basically. I think it's everyone's yeah. least favorite, um, with the exception of some f- weirdos, because we haven't seen what it is yet. Like, there's, there's so much speculation about what's actually going on with Arya and Sansa, what actually went down in that room when they were playing the game of faces, what... Why Arya hands Sansa the dagger? Like, this is just this is Arya is a completely different person all of a sudden. Yeah, it it doesn't. This is not that is not her personality. She's not making sense. I feel like her. She and Sansa always bickered, and it was like, oh, like I'm gonna make fun of you for getting dirty, and I'm gonna make fun of you for being a little princess. But they didn't. I think it might have been worse, more conflict in the books, but. I never got the vibe that they hated each other. They were still sisters. They fought like sisters do. And uh, now it's like Arya hates her. Yeah. And, and you know, I, 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 I responded to a guy on, on Twitter this past week who, like, suggested that. He was basically like, you know, that they never really liked each other. 
Sansa has never really gone to bat for Arya or really Jon Snow that much. Mm-hmm. And and what and my response to that is, yeah, but these both of these characters are supposed to have gone undergone like 5 years now of nothing but overcoming adversity and like fighting through these obstacles and like basically suffering intense hardship. They're supposed to be more mature people than they were 5 years ago. Right. Both of them are supposed to kind of be seasoned sa- and savvy in one way or the other. Right. And they are they both have just completely reverted back as if they didn't learn anything and that's why this doesn't that's why this is not v- vibing right now. At least right. on screen. So I, like I, I I'm I am really really hoping that this is a ruse on their part. You don't you don't no, feel confident don't that it see, is? I don't no. I don't. I don't see how Oh, I'm like, it's possible. I'd say I'm 90% sure that really? this is all a ruse. Yeah, okay. that this whole thing has been set up. That's what I need. I need I need it to be that or I'm really out on this story on this part of the storyline. I, I there's think about it. Think about everything we've seen this season from them too and how bad it would be if this wasn't a ruse. I could see It would be the worst storyline in the history of the show. <laughs> I could see them me I don't know. I just don't see them conspire. There's no evidence to us the viewer that they're conspiring and that yeah. like with each other they might be both like planning something on their own. I don't know. I, I don't take know. that scene in Arya's room between them two as evidence that they're conspiring because, because that she made handed her the dagger and because it made absolutely no sense otherwise. She explains to her the game of faces and then Sansa becomes the one asking the questions and Arya is the one that's lying. Like there's this back and forth that probably on first watch or even second watch, if you're not really digging deep into your memory banks, mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense, but there is more to it than, than meets the eye. And then the handing of the drag or the dagger and le- allowing her to see the faces like there's, I just have no doubt in my mind at this point that so th- that plays well, out so, some way. So then you don't think that she sent Bran away because she was worried that Bran was going to side with Arya. I do not. I don't think that but, either. But that is a plausible explanation if you're throwing the Sansa and Arya already conspiring together thing out the window. Yeah, right. It just because the, the repeated mentions from Sansa towards the beginning of the season about like not trusting Littlefinger, she's aware. Yeah, right. just as aware of anyone, if not if not more aware than anyone, of how this man does things just for himself. She would have to go into this situation. I just, I can't see her being, I can't see her and Arya both doing what you just said, which is making, reverting completely back to yeah. the stupidity right. that they had before they both underwent all these experiences. Yeah. And I hope I'm not wrong because, like I said, I think it would I be would the worst lo- I would ever. love, yeah, I would love for that to be true, but I'm not necessarily sold on it. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll I mean... I'm hoping that's why we got a long episode this Sunday, man, <laughs> because there's a lot to plug. We, yeah. I mean, I've got to see that storyline play out in a way that makes it satisfact that that is satisfying and makes it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, Sansa still has not delivered her line. Right. I don't know. So uh, that could, that's right. that's you know, right. that's there's a, good, a lot that's of a good piece of evidence. The lone yeah. wolf dies, but the pack survives. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean, though? I feel okay. See, that could be the I two of like, them say, saying yes, to Littlefinger over them. That's yes. Ooh, okay. I, that, I like that it. Makes the most sense to me, right? Yeah, now. actually, you're right. That what? That okay. That her, her so Littlefinger's line? been out for himself, obviously, the whole series. So if in that moment, 
they've actually been trying to pull one over on Littlefinger and they've been working together. And then she says like that shit like over his like trembling about because to die they, body. Like the, they're the lone the wolf dies and the pack survives. They would be the pack. They, yeah. This 1000% yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. We just figured it out. Wow. Okay. Oh man. We're so good. <laughs> See? See? It's all going to work out guys. I'm, dude, I'm so confident. Like the more I've, the more I've thought about it, I'm so confident that this Sunday is going to, just make everybody like sit back and be like, "Oh, we're sorry." <laughs> or bad. At least that's sorry for doubting. Honestly, I'm all in on this being a roost now that we just <laughs> had Dude, this it's conversation. The, it's, it's the most negativity towards Game of Thrones that there's ever been by far. Yeah, like, yeah. Would, name a point in the show Th- where it hasn't happened. The general public sentiment has turned against these guys this yeah. season because of the change of pace and because of the change in style, and. Because of a lot of things that seem really stupid that hopefully won't seem stupid after Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And the negativity is, is weighing on my fucking heart. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Really quickly, before we get to some more calls, we want to talk about Lisa Mattress. This is a sponsor of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon will take you to a page where you get $100 off your order. Dragon. And... I just got my Lisa mattress in yesterday. I got Sapira by Lisa, which I think all three of us is what we what we ordered. Yes, that's what I ordered too. It comes and yours straight, came in. It's pretty sweet. It comes straight to your door in a box. It's a heavy box, but it's mm-hmm. a box. Mm-hmm. You take that box to your bed. You take the mattress, which is rolled up, out of it. You put the unroll the mattress onto your bed, and then you like slice the plastic on the side, and it becomes this fully formed, incredible luxury mattress right before your eyes. That then you get to sleep on like five minutes later. It's unbelievable. Um, Lisa is driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody. And because of that, they donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell through their 110 program. It is, it feels even better sleeping on a comfortable mattress that you know is coming from people who care about people and want everybody to sleep good. They also plant a tree. They sleep real good. They sleep real good. (laughs) Real well. Uh, They plant one tree for every mattress sold and donate 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. These are 100% American-made mattresses shipped compressed in a box to your door, like I said. And you can try one for 100 nights risk-free with free shipping, which is a huge plus. This is what I call a win-win, win-win situation. Four wins. Because there's like four different wins in here. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to yeah, dot com, lisa.com slash dragon. Uh, you can also go to Sapira Sleep, S-A-P-I-R-A Sleep.com slash dragon. That's where dragon. the one that I got came from. Dragon. $100 off your Lisa mattress. I believe it's 150 off your Sapira mattress. Dragon. Use the code dragon. Go get yourself a nicer mattress. Sleep better tonight. You deserve it. You do deserve it. Yeah. You sure do. You're a, you're a, you're a you're part great. of clam fam, damn it. Dragon. <laughs> And we sleep good. We sleep we good. We sleep real good here. The Clam Fam, we sleep good. Yeah, that's our, <laughs> that's, that's, our that's our motto. Everybody knows that's our yeah. slogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're, uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Dragon. Hey, it's producer Micah. The big fight is finally here. Mayweather McGregor, Saturday night, Las Vegas, Nevada. If you're looking to cash in on your sports knowledge and your knowledge of the fight game, check out mybookie.ag. They're offering up a 100% sign-up bonus on your first deposit. Sports betting made easy, and they accept your bets anywhere, anytime. They even offer live in-game betting to bring the action anywhere you go. Trust me when I tell you they're the best, and I'd never use another sports book. Bet the fight, bet any game, college or pro, with mybookie.ag. It makes it easy to sign up and even easier to play. 
And they've got some of the best and fastest payout times in the business with 48-hour processing. Right now, our listeners can head over to mybookie.ag and use promo code OCC, like oysters, clams, and cockles, for a bonus of up to 100% on your first deposit. Expert or rookie, got to check out my bookie. Industry standard bonus rules apply. Win some money on the fight today. That's promo code OCC. Hi, this is Ross Bolin. You're currently listening to me on Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Well, guess what? Just like winter, football is coming. And we have a sports podcast that talks all about football called Backdoor Cover. I'm on it with Dylan. You're not currently hearing my voice because I'm not on OCC. I'm on Backdoor Cover, as Ross just mentioned, along with Dan Regester. Who might be on OCC as a guest, filling in for Barrett. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, you're all familiar with Dan, and you're all familiar with football. Come join us on Backdoor Cover. Sports. We're going to talk about sports. We're going to make it fun. Football, man. I can't come sit in now. Sports! Okay, we are back. About to play another call. But first, go to grandexshop.com slash OCC. We've got shirts. We do. We've got lots of shirts. How many shirts? we got Game of Thrones-themed shirts. we got Oysters, Clams, and Cockles-themed shirts. We've got combinations of those two themed mm-hmm, shirts. Mm-hmm. Barrett's wearing one right now. Yep. It's the, it's the flame emoji. Yep. And then it says Jakaris. It's right. lit, some might say. It's, some might say that. It's hot, some might yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Hot AF. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing one that's got a ladder on it. And then under the ladder, it says chaos. Get it? I do. Do you get it? I do get it. Chaos oh, is a ladder. Chaos is a ladder. That, that was clever. Grandexshop.com slash OCC. Check out our shirts. We made them for you. Just for you. Only for you. Next call. Hey, what's up? This is Ash from North Carolina. Uh, you guys were asking about why the White Walkers are only males and have human mannerisms instead of like zombies. I'm going to drop some knowledge that I just made up. Whites are dead to get resurrected. White Walkers are live humans that get transformed. So all of Craster's little sacrifice kids get transformed into the Night King's little boy band that he has going on. And uh, another note, just a little sports reference for Veronica because I know she loves them. Rex Ryan, 2009, goes 9-7. and seven. 2010, goes 11-5. and five. Then he drops 130 pounds, never had another winning season. Tiger Woods gives up all of his side chicks, starts sucking. The point is, you give up your vice, you give up your superpowers. Tyrion needs to go to King's Landing, go on a hooker and booze bender, and he will get back on top of his game and stop making these <laughs> shitty-ass decisions. Later. <laughs> I got to say, it's really hard to disagree with the second half of that call. There is a very strong argument to be made that a lack of alcoholism and hookering is what's causing these strategic lapses in, in Tyrion's mind. I mean, believe it or not, Veronica and I, right before the episode, were talking about 2009 Rex Ryan. Right. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, like... Comes up all the that's time. That's, like, her favorite... That's, like, her, that's her favorite Jets team. That's my team. favorite Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um... Yeah. Yeah, there's... There's there's uh, there's something to be said for that. I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think he's going to start boozing in and skanking out again? You don't think that there's that maybe the fact that he's not getting some is is what's causing issues? He's blocked up. He's backed up. Oh, his mind gross. doesn't work properly when he's when he's not hasn't had sexual release. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. That has an effect on a man. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I think and eventually you forget about it. 
if it's been <laughs> speaking from experience enough. there veronica <laughs> no at some point you definitely forget about it <laughs> once the depression has taken over enough to no I, I, anyway plus it's going to be too late like we already know from i mean john and danny are walking into that dragon pit so they are also if that's the notion like literally nobody on this show has had sex in a really long time we don't know except for miss sunday we don't know if danny is walking into that dragon pit okay sir. that's fair we, she's the only person we haven't seen in the dragon pit from the freaking preview. She should not walk into the dragon pit. She should pit. fly in like a badass is what she should do. She or should just not go dragon. at all. Or not go at all. Yeah, or not go. Hey, yeah. Mac. Yeah. Next call. How's it going? My name is Nick. Um, I'm just calling with a question. Um, so do Daenerys and Jon, like, are they fucking aware that these people have a dragon now, that the White Walkers have a dragon? Or do they just, like, assume that it's a bird in a lake somewhere? Because, like, I know that, like, you saw the bear, right? So they know the animals can be turned. But, like, are they aware that they can turn a dragon? And are they aware that, like, are they just assuming that it's fucking frozen under the ice now? Because I, I don't know, man. I don't know if, like, we're knowing about the dragon or not. So, anyway, guys, thank you so much. Love you guys. Love the potty. Have a good one. Love you, too. Uh, we, we thought about this. I've thought about this personally. Spent many minutes thinking about it. Uh, whether or not they recognize the fact that Viserion is now on the table for the Night King to use, mm-hmm. I think they have to, right? I think so. I think at least uh, Tormund would probably realize. They saw the bear. Yeah. They've seen animals used. Wait, what? Yeah, I think, but yeah, that's a good question. You know, they 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 also saw Viserion kind of sink into the lake. So maybe they think so, he's just and, down there. And frozen. they'd probably be just as blown away by the whole chain thing as we would. Right. Right. Where'd they get those chains? Right. So Where'd they get those they don't chains? Have, they don't have those chains. They don't have chains like that. They, they do have chains like they that, actually. Him. So, yeah. but I, I mean, I think they surely they would have to consider the possibility, but I still think like when they when they see that ice dragon for the first time, they're gonna be like, Oh shit. A little overwhelmed. Yeah. 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 It feels like maybe uh the amount of different things going on. And maybe mourning mm-hmm. too would have an effect on them realizing this. I, I I will say this: I don't think they have recognized that threat by the time that episode ended, right? Probably no, probably not by yeah, the end. Yeah. But they're they're gonna. But at some point, time. it's gonna hit somebody. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. fuck! <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, I yeah. think they'll figure it out. Next call. Yo, what up, guys? Jack and Wilmette here. Hey, Cock Nation. Uh, I I got a quick question. So, like, while they're freezing their asses off on this island, like, on this rock in the middle of a frozen lake, why doesn't Thoros or Beric, like, light up their sword so that Thoros doesn't freeze to death and they're all not freezing their balls off while they're waiting for Daenerys to come? Just a question. Let me know what you guys think. Love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Love you, too. This is so hard to argue against. Yeah, that would be so smart Thoros to have a fire. froze to death. As a man who has the ability to create fire from nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think I, it's just your head isn't clear when you're waiting for Daenerys to come. You know, you don't you're not thinking straight when when you're waiting for her to come. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I'm just saying that <laughs> the man has a flaming sword. There's two of them. They they light a, it. they light his body on fire after he passes away. Nobody even huddled around that for warmth. It yeah, just they could have like a the flame sword. Yeah, a waste of warmth. Just a point. Yeah, and I'm really the only. I'm just glad we worked in those cum jokes out of this call. 
<laughs> Next call. Hey, what's up, guys? This is uh, Dax Mac coming to you back again. Hey, I just had a quick question. I know everyone's freaking out about the logistics of yada, yada, <laughs> and this and that, which is a bunch of bullshit. But my real logistic question that I can't help but figure out is, if you rewatch this last you see the first time Thoros takes a sip out of his flagon, he takes the top off that cork and spits it on the ground. That's chill, whatever. And then right after he gets attacked by the bear, uh, Beric Dondarrion takes his flask out, pops the cork off, and spits it on the ground. And then right after Thoros dies, the hound takes his flask, pops the corp off of his mouth, and spits it on the ground. My question is, is that where are all these corks coming from? Are they spitting them on the ground and then picking them up again? Or do they have an unlimited supply of corks, and so that every time they spit one out, they can just put a new one back in? I just don't understand. It's confusing me, man. It feels like, you know... That would that wine would spill out eventually, right? Anyway, let me know what you guys think. Bye. Dak the Mac, who is not concerned with semantics, <laughs> wants to know what the hell is going on with these corks, man. And I have the answer. Okay. We saw in the prior episode Jor loading the crate of dragon glass into the boat. Mm-hmm. If you pay attention, go back and watch. He actually loads a crate of corks <laughs> right after that. Okay. So they, they to answer his question, Dak the Mac, they do have an unlimited just supply ton of corks. corks. Yeah. There's also the theory that Thoros' flagon, which what a what a great word mm, that good is. Good word, good word. Uh it repopulates a new cork magically <laughs> every time you, you Because here's the thing, if you're gonna have a flagon like that, you don't you don't look badass if you're if, if you, you hold the, the cor- and daintily on. hold the cork, no, you bite that bitch and you and spit, you spit it. it out. Yeah, yeah. That's how a man opens his flagon. Naturally, and this is a magical flagon that repopulates the cork. That's the answer. Yeah. Hey, I'm all in on the magical flagon. That wouldn't be the furthest fetched thing that this sh- that this show did this past episode. No, so. it would have been the least far fetched <laughs> thing. If they had explained that on screen, we would have been like, okay, yeah, magical flagon yeah. repopulates the cork. No big deal. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Dak the Mac. Next. Hey, Clam fam. What's going on? It's Dan calling in from uh, North Carolina. Just wanted to see what your guys' uh, take was on the likelihood of, in the season finale, us getting a Rhaegar Targaryen flashback, uh, probably through Bran, uh, you know, using his three-eyed raven abilities. And uh, if so, what do you guys think it would be about or, you know, possibly what it would uh, reveal, like, reveal to us? So I just wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. So we touched on it earlier, how there's been a lack of flashbacks this mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. Um, considering the length of this upcoming episode, do you think it's more like? Do you think we see some brand seeing? I hope so. I think we're still. I'm only gonna say like fifty percent though. Really? I feel like that's high. We've only had one flashback ever. No, we've had a couple. He went to the Tower of Joy oh, at least twice. Was that only in one episode, though? He also had the flashback to the making right, the first right. White Walker. Right, and to the Hodor. The Hodor, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not okay, sure. There's a, they only came in one season, though. I feel like we'll get some brand in the finale. I don't see how we don't. I, I'm not sure it's going to be a flashback, uh, per se. 
specifically, I don't think it will be a Rhaegar flashback. Because I don't know. I Unless it's to reveal the parentage. Because I, what I don't want is for John to find out his parentage just by somebody telling him. Oh, hey. Well, but that, that wouldn't even work because Bran's going to be in Winterfell. He's not going to be in King's Landing. Right. We right. 100% know that. He's not wheeling his ass to King's Landing between last time we saw him and this time. It's mm-hmm. just not happening. But And the it wouldn't be effective to show Rhaegar marrying Lyanna Le- in secret or whatever because... Because we already know. We already know We it. already know yeah. that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. the show-don't-tell thing or the tell-don't... or whatever. Yeah. We, we've already... We are aware of this. Plus, the casting for Rhaegar absolutely would have leaked. Yep, that's oh, true. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the casting for some things has leaked already, which is upsetting. Leaks, you got to plug them. <laughs> like a magical flagon. Like a magical flagon. Get some cork. Plug those <laughs> leaks to HBO. <laughs> Love of God. What else did he say? He he wanted to know if we were going to get a Rhaegar flashback. Oh, yeah, I don't think we get a Rhaegar flashback. I think we get a flashback. Some brand has got we have got to Wargs see sees something. something. Yeah. Some brand magical powers. Next call. What's up, Cocklers? Andrew out of Dallas here. First off, I just want to say that the guy who was being rude as fuck to Veronica in the Instagram comments the other day is a dumb cunt. Definitely not a right proper lad. What's great about you guys is that you all bring a different dynamic to the pod, and that diversity is more appealing to a wider listener base. All three of y'all provide different perspectives and insight that connects with listeners. If this was a podcast full of hosts who knew every detail of every page in the books and lines spoken in the show, then it probably wouldn't appeal much to casual viewers and vice versa. So y'all are doing great, Veronica is great, and I hope that asshole gets grayscale. Now about this episode. This last episode had to have some of the most obvious foreshadowing I've ever seen in Game of Thrones. They literally shoved the fact that Danny thinks she can't have kids, that Danny needs to have a successor, down our throats, suddenly have Jorah tell John to pass Longclaw onto his children, and then hardcore ship Danny and John. I think they are definitely going to hook up next episode, and then by early next season reveal that Danny is somehow pregnant with John's kid. Either Danny just assumes she can't have kids, but she actually can. Or maybe part of John's purpose for dying and being resurrected is that he has to father children with Danny. Or maybe John just has magic seed because he died and was brought back. Either way, if that's not foreshadowing, then I don't know what is. Let me know what you guys think. First of all, I wrote the first half of that call um, and sent it to him to read. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. Thank you for the yeah, the very, very yeah, yeah, thanks so for the nice. love. And thank you for getting Veronica's back. Uh, regarding the whole pregnancy thing, there's so much that plays into this. Like the whole the witch back in season three or whatever, mm-hmm. two, tells her only death can pay for life. And now we've seen a couple of different ways that could translate prophetically. Is that a word? Maybe? Prophetic, prophetically. prophetically? I think prophetically, uh, yeah. Into Danny's life. One, Viserion just passed. That would be a death. One of her mm-hmm. children. Pay for life. Yeah. Uh, two, John has literally died if death can pay for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't... I'm. It. They really beat us over the head with the whole... She can't have she kids. She can't thing. have kids. This past right. episode, mm-hmm. why would they do that unless that was going to reverse course? I mean, and the title of this next episode, I mean, if that's not the dragon and the wolf, the dragon and the wolf, she's the dragon, he's the wolf, he's the dragon and the wolf. Their kid would be a dragon and a wolf. Like, it's I mean, lie. come on. Uh, I would say, okay, one thing I, I feel like. Well, okay, so I made this connection. Cersei 
lost three children and then got pregnant again. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm wondering if Danny has to lose all three of the dragons to get pregnant, which would suck. That would be don't unfortunate. Be, don't be rude, Barry. Um, two, I I took away what I took away from the succession talk is that they is that they would get rid of familial succession because you think that, that you think that would a legit be chance she creates a democracy. That would be well. That would be breaking the wheel. True. That yeah. You're you're, you're just the wheels just keep whole, continuing to spin if you just claim. allow your kids and their kids and their kids and their kids to su- to succeed you. I mean that's well, her exactly whole claim to the happens. throne is familial though. Right, but it, but she wants to come back, claim her rightful spot on the throne, and then break the and break the wheel in doing so. So that doesn't. I mean, that doesn't mean shit if you're just going to keep passing this down on a on a family line. I never took her explanation of wanting to break the wheel as as literally as some people are. And I I know she. I don't. I just can't get into the whole Danny's going to f- uh, father democracy in Westeros thing. Like, it feels way too. You know how in Gladiator. How Maximus has to like basically kill Commodus and be named emperor in order to give Rome back to the people. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole plot. It's a little silly. That that's what this feels like. It's like okay, you're telling me she's gonna go through all this shit, win back this throne that she has talked about the entire series, and then she's going to quote unquote break the wheel by declaring that henceforth after her, there's gonna be like public elections or something. Well, okay, so at one point she says that, like, Baratheon, Lannister, Stark, they're all just spokes on a wheel. Right. And and then she says, like, what is she... She said, I don't want to stop the wheel. I want to stop the wheel. I want to break the wheel. I want to break the wheel. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess maybe that ju- maybe you could go the opposite direction. Maybe she wants to just have a super totalitarian way of ruling where Targaryens never lose again. <laughs> yeah, I just don't That's, even think that is how I sort of took it when she said that. Like, like none of these families rotating through will gonna, matter. Again. Yeah, I, s- I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like, I like your idea of of Westeros democracy. I think it's nice. If the show ends <laughs> with them like holding an election in Flea Bottom, you're not gonna be, you're gonna be cool with that. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. I just. I think that there has to be. It'll be more like an oligarchy. There, I. I will be upset you know? if the whole thing is like about how Danny's going to be this great leader and she's going to break the wheel and she's going to change things and she's going to rule peacefully and then. Well, but she's the, just the next king in the, the line. The wheel is these families ruling over people they don't care about, and using those people and these peasants and flea bottom and. It, everything's just for them. You know what I mean? Like right. Cersei doesn't give a shit about any of her people. Right. It's all okay. about her and her family. Right. Danny cares about everyone. She's freeing slaves. She's the breaker of change. She's she's doing things for her people as a an actual leader and representative of them. Yeah. Right. I think that's what she means by break the wheel, that she wants to be the first person who actually cares about the people she's ruling over. But but that, see, and this is where we're going because there's no guarantee that your children, that your kid, kid that will your be like kids that. do the same. So that's that is a good point. So yeah. anyway, next call. Yo, it's Jack from South Jersey. I'm just a little fucking pissed off that everyone's pissed off about the Night King somehow procuring these fucking chains you guys are watching a show 
about ice zombies and dragons, and everyone's got a problem with these fucking chains and the most minute details. Let the show fucking end. Everyone's fucking shit's happening too fast for everybody. They're like, no, it's impossible. Fuck that. I love it. I love the show. I thought the episode was fucking awesome. Later. We all need to go in with with this dude's attitude from here on out. I just wanted to reiterate that. The only purpose of this call. Disagree. But <laughs> Dude, this is the only way any of us are ever going to be happy again. Yeah, what? but, but okay, I think we, the only way we'll be happy is if the show continues forever are, and ever. Yeah, we already mentioned <laughs> we already mentioned this. The problem uh, like for the most part I agree, it's a shitty way to watch TV and film and like get enjoyment and entertainment out of it. The issue is that Game of Thrones has never done this before. They're right. clearly rushing through it. They set the a precedent. A- the actors and the and the showrunners are like ready to be done with it, and it feels like it's translating to the screen. Right, and there's yeah, I agree. And their 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 story isn't ending. They're trying to end it before. It so was yes, over. Like I'm not, I'm ready to give them way more chances to correct this episode. But if they continue down this path, I, they're gonna stumble to the finish line. That's yeah. Sunday, baby. I'm telling you, it's coming. Nice call. I hope so. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Parker from Arizona. Huge fan of the podcast. And uh, one thing I noticed was that um, at the beginning of season six, when John gets revived, Tormund tells him that everyone at Castle Black thinks he's a god. And then Tormund says, but I know he, I know you're not a god. I've seen your pecker. No god has a pecker that small. And uh, when uh, John wakes up in that last episode and Daenerys is crying, John's laying in the bed, you know, all sprawled out, no shirt. I, I didn't see his underside, so I don't know uh, if he's got any pants on. But uh, do you think Daenerys is crying because uh, because of John Smallpecker? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Huge fan of the podcast. See I figured the call was going to end in... <laughs> About like that, and I'm gonna take it one step further. She says, "Is that what she meant? He's too little for me. He's too small for me." <laughs> but she hadn't seen him naked yet. We don't know that. We don't know that. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot to there's a lot of that. Maybe she's not talking about his stature at all. Right. She needs more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted that one in there for fun. <laughs> nice call. What's up, Clam Clam Gang? This is Birch from Charlotte. So I had two things. Um, one, listen to the podcast last week and after last night's episode, amazing. Still no Euron. I think that he is using his ship to pick up the Golden Company for Cersei, and it's just going to come and fuck some shit up at the Enclave next week because whenever he comes into the scene, he's going to be doing something that uh, I feel like is going to be messed with everybody else's plans. Second was uh, re-watching uh, a couple older episodes from season two. There's an awesome conversation between Tyrion and Varys where basically they're discussing play. Varys drops in that Daenerys Targaryen is still alive and she has three dragons, which Tyrion responds to, we'll only play one game at a time, my friend, one game at a time. So after last night's episode, I think Tyrion, way too emotional to be... Uh, to be leaking information, so I'm going to go with Varys. Varys is definitely, uh, he's sneaky, he's a sneaky little fuck. He is going to be a traitor to Daenerys. Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Let's touch on the, the leak, the possibility of a leak within Danny's camp first. I kind of swept this out the window now. I I did too. I, I, I chalk it up to 
good good planning and strategy by Jamie, basically, as the leader of mm-hmm. of uh, King's Landing's armies, and that's it. I don't necessarily think that there's because remember the whole. It kept coming up because we were like, okay, how would Euron know that their fleet was right, right there? Like, how would this? How would that? But I think it was all just good strategy and good timing. I don't necessarily believe that anybody within Danny's camp is I a agree. traitor. I agree. I think the most likely traitor, w- I agree, would be would be Varys, Varys though. Mm-hmm. Nobody else makes sense. Nobody else has any motive to yeah. me. Um, There's still people trying to paint Tyrion in that light, but I just don't I don't see buy it. it. Uh, nothing makes me leads me to believe that he would have that heel turn. Yeah, um, Var- Varys is the only one that makes sense to me, and I do not think he is in any way leaking information. No, I think I think if there is a leak in her camp, I think that's something that we'll find out this episode. This episode, uh, yeah. Euron being absent, I, he's got to come back this episode as well. Yeah, he does. This and is pretty terrifying to think about. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, that's an interesting point that I had not thought about. That maybe he's coming back with the Golden Compass. Golden Company. I, Golden Company. I, I don't. The Golden Compass. <laughs> that's like that's, that's another, a shitty movie. Yeah. I, I still think that they would be way undermatched against the Unsullied, the Dothraki, and two dragons. So, and hope I just hopefully they're ready to they're ready to go should they have to squad up like that. And it looks like from the previews that they will be. From the previews, it looks like Euron and his fleet are are out in the open, not necessarily hidden. This isn't like a surprise. You know what I mean? You, we see Euron's fleet in, oh, do in we? the preview. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So it's, it, it, but the way they show it makes it look like it, the fleet's just parked outside King's Landing as kind of a show of force mm-hmm. to be like, hey, look, we've got these ships right, too. Right. Now, I could be completely wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that scares me is this... this I'll, I'll keep going back to what that actor, the guy who plays Euron, said preseason, which is that he's going to make Ramsey Ramsey yeah. look like a little boy or a little girl. He can't girl do that in one episode. He, well, there's one way that he could do that in the eyes of a lot of fans, and that would be to kill Danny. Yeah. And sure. I think yeah. there is a legitimate possibility that that psycho pirate comes in this episode and murders our... our uh, heroin. Heroin. Wow. Yeah. That's where I'm at mentally. Dark, dark place. That would that would really yeah. be that something. would shock us, and it would yes. be so Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, you just hate Euron. You don't think he's. Worthy I feel of like his at murder. this point, almost Daenerys has to have a baby before she gets killed. Is how I feel. That is, that is, that's naive. Is it? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know, man. Euron's coming in hot. I'm telling you, shit's about to hit the fan. I just can't the see them. Happens? I just can't see them offing Daenerys after this past episode. That's what I. What I would happen right. at that point? I hope you're right. I, there's just been a lot of fan service this past couple seasons, and a lot of people that could have died not dying. John Tormund, everyone on the good side mm-hmm. minus Thoros. So, I, I we're kind of due here for a massive kick in the dick, and this would be a good one. Right. Yeah. Right. You're on. Keep an eye on that guy. Hmm. Next call. What's up, Cockers? This is John from Philly. Um, I think we just got to give a real shout out to the the uh, the nameless and basically faceless wildlings that gave their lives for this mission. I mean, they were in it to the very end. Those two or three. Uh, they don't get enough respect. I think we all should just keep them in our our thoughts and prayers for the rest of the season. Uh, they did did some good work. Because. Uh, does not go unwatched. Love the podcast. Can't wait till next week. 
Thoughts and prayers to the families and loved ones of the sled shirts. Of the sled shirts who passed in this in this episode. Yeah. Hard work, as the caller said, does not go unnoticed. Uh these these unnamed soldiers are the ones that keep us safe. Yeah, dude. On the other side of the wall. We put, thank you for your service. Put some respect on their names. Put some respect on their names. Next call. Hi, this is Brennan from San Diego. I wanted to know your guys' thoughts on the white that was bagged when they were on the rock in the middle of the frozen lake. When the hound kicked them, the entire army of whites started groaning and screaming. Wanted to find out, do you think this army is sympathy or empathy, or do you think it's they're interconnected? Love what you guys are doing. Thanks so much. Bye. It's definitely not sympathy or empathy. No. It's 100% no. the they're dead. dead. Yeah. There, there's some level of, what's that Connection. called? Hive mind or like right. whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they all are so, in some way, shape, or form aware of what's happening yeah. to the rest of them or whatever. I mean, it's the same thing when we saw that one white walker go down and then his the guy, all the right. guys he right. turned to go down with him. Um, how much more that comes into play, I don't know. It is a weird little... The intricacies of how the whites work and how they're controlled is uh, is something that I I wonder if we get more of in the future. We talked a little bit about how we think or how I think that the Night King is able to control the whites via like mass warging. Oh, basically, I think, de- I think they're definitely doing that. Yeah, so yeah. that's very Bran esque. Mm-hmm. Would be a very Bran esque exactly. capability of his that makes further argument for the fact that he could be Bran. But that aside, I just wonder if we'll get more. Eventually, we are going to see. The army of the living versus the army of the dead. Now, who's leading the army of the living and who's still there to be living? I don't know. We're mm-hmm. going to find out this this Sunday. But I think when we get to those battles between living and dead, we're going to have to get more of how this is exactly working on the dead side. Because right now, it's basically the gist of it is we know that you can die and be reanimated by the Night King, and then you become a part of his zombie army. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. No specifics. So I, I just, I don't know. I think we get more there. Just, just my opinion, man. Next call. Hey, Clam Fam, it's Sean from Central New York here. Hey, I'm just going to put this whole John Slushy thing to rest right now. Uh, people are saying that Jon Snow couldn't get out of the frozen pond, get on a horse, and then ride the East Watch without getting hypothermia, but that's just not true. Uh, we learned in Season 5, Episode 1, as Jon was riding the elevator at the wall with the Red Woman, um, he gets caught checking out the Red Woman uh, not once but twice, at how exposed she was dressed. And uh, sort of to cover that up, he kind of murmurs, um, are you cool, my lady? To her reply, which was, uh, the Lord of Fire was offended me, Lord Snow. Then uh, she grabs his hand, puts it on her cheek, and basically shows that, hey, she can wear, over the, wear whatever the hell she wants. Uh, the Lord of Fire is keeping her warm. So uh, ergo, because Jon Snow was resurrected by the Lord of Fire, Lord of Fire is living in him, uh, he can basically do whatever he wants to. So uh, that really opens up the possibility of him not only being a T-shirt and a pool guy, but it's also his prerogative to be a T-shirt and the ice pond guy. So let me know what you think. Keep up the good work. Thanks. So what we're going to see here next week is Jon Snow in a bathing suit and flip-flops wandering around the north. Ipso facto. I sure hope so. He can do that. Yes. Yeah. Ipso facto. (laughs) No, I like the, that. That was a great call. Yeah, the argument great is clever. that he's the whole reanimated by fire. That his, that you know, he is he can't be cold. 
brought back to life by the Lord of Light, the flame guy. I mean, yeah. I think he had some ice in his hair, didn't he? I think he was just, cold, though. I think so, too. His whole uniform was frozen But solid. maybe he just can't, you know, he's... he's he can't be dead by it. Yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. be killed by it. Can't get got just by some, you know... Just by some cold weather. A little bit weather. of cold, a little bit of icy wa- water. Yeah. Any closing thoughts on what you think we see th- this coming Sunday? Any theories? Any... Anything? I think there could be a harder reveal on the Jon Snow parentage. It's over, though. No I, more reveals. We know who his fucking parents are. I know, are. but I think, I mean, just the title of the episode, and they love to do multiple things. Where the what title th- means multiple things? Right. Yeah, I think that's where you're going to get, we're all going to get screwed real hard. It's only going to mean one thing? Oh, we had one caller. I just want to give a shout out to this guy who who you left like a two-minute voicemail about how he believes this next episode's title, um, The Dragon and the Wolf, is actually about Drogon and Ghost. And Ghost is going to ride Drogon around Westeros <laughs> the entire episode, and they're just going to flame and eat things. That Okay, that would be amazing. That would be an incredible sitcom. I hope that they're developing a spinoff. The Dragon and the Wolf. The Dragon and the Wolf, <laughs> and it's about the bromance between Drogon and Ghost. Like yeah. a cartoon? I'm what in is for this? that. Yeah, hey, whatever. We <laughs> also did get quite a few calls questioning the lack of Ghost. Like, wouldn't this have been the perfect time to take Ghost north beyond the wall? <laughs> Yeah, CGI I don't budget. know where Ghost is, man. What's going on with Ghost? What is Ghost doing? These dire wolves. I do. I do not like how important they were, and how important they felt the first few seasons, and how they've kind of like faded into. They really did. Like what's going and on? I, be- here? I bet you John doesn't have Ghost with him at the meeting either. Yeah, I'm, I mean he, he sure I, shit should have him I'm there. I'm telling you this: if I am gifted by the gods a giant freaking dog, yeah. That has my back at any time and is like spiritually connected to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking going that everywhere with that. Everywhere yes, I go. And he's supposed to too. Like, everywhere. It makes no sense. Uh, I'm gonna call my shot. Do it. I think Littlefinger goes this next episode. I I am right there with you on that. I feel you, especially after we uh after we, we just unfolded made the uh, yeah. yeah after we teased that I'm that like, little bitty out. We worked it I'm out. In on it. We worked it out. We know what's gonna happen now. Arya and Sansa, this whole thing's going to pay off. Littlefinger is Dunsky. I don't think any main characters die down in King's Landing Ooh. this episode. How would it? How would you see? All right, I'm, I'm I, gonna, think, I think if one goes, I think it would be Cersei. I'm going to give you a little prediction okay. shown. I think we see a trial by combat play out in King's Landing. Who's on trial? Why would anybody be on trial? Danny will be on trial. As an attempted usurper to Cersei, somehow Cersei's going to have it set up to where she has to face this. Like, instead of a meeting, she's springing a trap. There's going to be a trial by combat. That's how we get the game bowl. The hound is going to represent Cersei, or uh, Danny, and the mountain is going to represent Cersei. I don't know about that's all where, this. That's where Clegane Bowl is coming from. That's what's going down Sunday, along with Littlefinger's death. I think. If she lost a trial by combat, though, mine call a Drogon and burn everybody in the fucking dragon pit and fly out of there. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm, I stand by my prediction. And I think we lose either Danny or Cersei. I'm leaning towards Danny. Wow. But I... I, I Dude. I, I'm, I'm thinking we're getting one of the most ridiculous episodes we've ever seen. In, I, in a good way, not a yeah. bad way. Danny. I'm, I got bad feelers. My spidey sense is tingling. I'm just saying. That's my prediction. Any predictions, Veronica? I don't think 
Just, that's going to happen. Disagreeing with my predictions is not <laughs> No, I said I think we're going to get some more, like a harder drop on the... Uh, you think John learns? John parentage. You think John finds out? I think so. I think he's going to find out. I think that... And I think that Danny and John are going to are gonna make some sweet, sweet love. Okay. I wonder if she further addresses like the whole, hey, I've seen your scars now thing. Mm. You clearly got offed. What, what's up with your being alive? Mm-hmm. I wonder. I'm just curious. I mean... Yeah, I think a lot's going to go down between them and, like, a lot of reveals. Are you guys going to watch the show alone? I'll be with a significant other. Okay. I just, I don't know. People do watch parties for finales, and I think those people are insane. Yeah. I've been watching, like, a squad of four every week. It's been... Really? Yeah. That's a watch party. I consider that to be a party. Well... It's, but I also watch it like af- on my own again after that. Yeah. See, I need my first watch like complete silence, complete dark. I've always done it that way, but it just ended up happen. It happened organically. I lock one of my dogs that barks at the TV because when he sees horses and there's obviously a lot of horses, I lock him in a room before mm-hmm. the episode even starts. <laughs> Bruce has to go to timeout because <laughs> he barks, man. Yeah. No noises. Yeah, you can't have that. You can't have that going on. Sorry, dude. It's Game of Thrones. All right, go to grandexshop.com slash OCC. Grab yourself some T-shirts, Jakaris, Chaos is a Ladder, Party Like Tyrion, Slay Like Daenerys. We got all kinds of teas in there. Um, go on iTunes, leave us a review, five-star review, five-star rating, write a review. Follow us on Twitter, at Clams and Cockles. Follow us on Instagram, Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Follow me on all social media, at WR Bowling. Follow Veronica. Uh, at Veronica Ruck, R-U-C-K-H, Twitter and Instagram, VM Ruck on Snapchat. Follow Barry. And I'm at Barrett Dudley. Two R's, two T's. And uh, check out all of our other podcasts, many of whom you've heard ab- heard from during this episode. We will be back on Monday with the penultimate Finale. podcast episode of this season ah, for us. Ah. To break down the finale, talk all about it, we might have multiple special guests. We don't know. It's going to be a four-hour uh, podcast. Six-hour podcast. <laughs> then we'll be back next Thursday, obviously, taking hotline calls, also discussing this finale, and maybe the season as a whole, depending on what all goes down in this finale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a lot up in the air, as we said. A lot rides on this Sunday. I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. I have faith. HBO has only let me down like once in my entire life. When was that? Uh, the show about the the male prostitute it was called Hung. <laughs> oh, it was tr- it was truly terrible. What about uh, John from Cincinnati? Did you watch that one? Nope. Might have been before our time. Ah, uh, was that a, also a flop? Yeah, big time. Cause it, it, I'm just saying, I, these people have gotten me through many, 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 many hours of my life with with just the most premium of entertainment. Vinyl? Did you watch yeah. Vinyl? No, I, I heard didn't that watch Vinyl either. Though. I heard it was terrible. Anyway, Barry, come on. <laughs> We're trying to maintain positivity. <laughs> I got 400 phone calls from people bitching about the semantics of Beyond the Wall this week. I'm down in the dumps thinking Danny's going to pass away in this next upcoming yeah, you, episode. You bring yourself out of those dumps. You yeah. got me down in the dumps thinking about that now. I don't know now. what to do, man. I do think we get some good out of Ari and Sansa, though. I think we get some positivity there. Good. I'm sure just saying. Hope so. We'll be back next week. Thoughts and prayers to everyone. Tease and peace. That we get this, that, that Sunday goes well for yep, all of us. Yep. Thank you and good night.